Hola. Hello. Um, so how the fuck are you? I mean, it's been a life. I don't <laughs> I don't know what else to say. How the fuck are you? I'm I'm solid. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad one of us are. Yep, I'm is. getting I'm getting fully fully microchipped tomorrow. I can't wait for the government to be able to track you. Uh, she said while looking at her iPhone. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. I can't believe people actually think that's real. I saw one of my dad's friends posted a thing about, we don't need to be worried about the vaccine. They're working on some other kind of microchipping system to track you. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know how true this is, but... And I'm like, bro, it's not true at all. But, you know, keep using your cell phone. <laughs> oh, boomers. Mm, boomers and a lot of other fucking idiots. Oh, I know, but it's just much funnier to say boomers. <laughs> it is. Boomers has just kind of become like a synonym for like a really out of touch dipshit. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's exactly what I mean by boomers. <laughs> um, that's Becky. That is Rachel. And this is Chardonnay and Dine. Except today is Chardonnay and or no, sorry. <laughs> Chardonnay and murder, Chardonnay and cocaine. I I meant to say water and DNA. I'm trying to hydrate like a motherfucker because I've heard if you hydrate a lot before the second shot, your symptoms might be milder. No idea if that's true, but figured it wouldn't hurt. I mean, I'm not going to harsh your mellow there, so go right the fuck (laughs) out. I mean, I'm just doing, I'm doing the thing. Do the thing. I'm scared. It's such a weird, like... It's such a weird thing, like knowing because when you get when you get sick, you don't know that you're gonna get sick. Yeah, but you know right now that you might get sick. But I know right now that I'm probably gonna be feeling something, and yeah. uh, it's just it's just a little creepy, but it's worth it. Still, I'm still fucking getting it, and all of you should too if you can. Um, Go get your fucking upgrade, people. Get your upgrade. That's the way you need to look at it. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, so we're doing it. We're doing the thing. We'll be fine. Yeah. You're going to be perfectly fine. Um, so I presented you with one of my favorite types of icebreakers, a BuzzFeed quiz. Yes, absolutely. And it um, is what kind of cryptid are you? Or yeah, what, what creature from folklore are you? Yes. Yes. So what did you get? <laughs> I got one I have never fucking heard of. Okay. It is called the Yaramayahu. I don't know what that is, but okay. Um, so here's a description. This terrifying cryptid comes from Australian Aboriginal mythology and lives in fig trees. When an unsuspecting human rests under the tree, the Yaramayahu uses suckers to drain the victim of their blood, then swallows the person whole. <laughs> I love it. I love it. After a nap, it vomits the victim back up. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't actually I didn't read this. I was like I I just want to like screenshot it and save it. Uh, yeah. So after a nap, it vomits the victim back up and the victim is slightly shorter and has slightly redder skin. <laughs> what? If you're attacked too many times by a, by a Yaramayahu, you become one yourself. Your screenshot said all that? Yes. 
Mine's like three sentences. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm gonna see I thought you, you did some like fucking research. I was like, well, shit, I didn't know we were researching oh, the motherfuckers. No. no, there was a whole ass uh, like paragraph. I'm going to ask you a picture that's super, um, it's super okay. creepy. All right. I want to see it. Uh, and it's like, I mean, you're probably going to think it's cute. I think everything's cute. It's got like giant eyes Aww. and like pointy teeth. And it's, it's kind, kind of, of spider-like with the eyes, because there's, like, multiple eyes. Yeah, yeah, it does look like there's, a, like, yeah, there does look like there's multiple. Um, spooky teeth, it's hairy, it's got a nice middle part. <laughs> I want you to know that I, you screenshotted all your other pictures, um, and there is a very hilarious picture of Joe. Oh, and- oh don't say, oh, fuck, I was gonna... <laughs> I'm not going to describe it, but I want you to know that I saw it. (laughs) That's all the more that needs to be said. And if it was on my phone, it would be set as his profile picture. Dude, I about, and I cannot talk about it because he will. No, it's fine. It's okay. He will actually murder me. No one needs to know. I just need you to know that I witnessed it. I about fucking peed my pants at that. And that's all I'm going to say. Oh my god, it's I, very good. I, I, I also, the s- cat. Oh yes, him too. Yeah, I am gonna send it to you because it's fucking hilarious. I need it. I need it in my life. You better never tell a fucking soul. Just the people on the podcast, but they're not gonna know what it is. Oh, exact. Yes, they're just gonna hear me fucking cackling. Oh my god, it's so goddamn funny. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my okay all right I all feel right. so bad like that's such a fucking like that's such a blue balls moment for the people oh, listening because they're like what the sorry fuck? it's sorry I'm everyone telling you it's hilarious and that's I'll leave it at that's that. all that's all we can do um so the <laughs> <laughs> the animal that I got Okay. Is I cannot pronounce this. It's M N G W A. Mungwa? Okay. Mungwa? Mungwa? This Tanzanian cryptid is often described as a giant gray cat like creature with black stripes about Ooh. the size of a donkey. There are a number of different kinds of wild cats in the area, but none of them quite match the description of the m- Mungwa leading locals to believe that it's another type of creature entirely. That's literally all mine said. I don't I'm know looking... if I kill and eat people. I don't know if I... I don't know what I do. Mung-wa. But I'm going to send you this picture. And I'm real I'm real disappointed in my... Oh, it's cute, though. It's like mm-hmm. a little... It's like a panther or something. It, it, it's... Mungwa is Swahili for strange one. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool. Accurate accurate um but yeah i just don't know what it does like do, do i do i kill people do i eat people and people I know. Out like wow. you mine really did have like a long description yeah mine did not i'm cute at least and i'm known as the strange one which is accurate so i mean that's pretty cool you're a cat so that's like that's pretty dope in my book yeah yeah i'm not I'm not mad about it so yeah um that was fun i like buzz buzzfeed quizzes i do too who doesn't uh, yeah they're they're a great time um i i want to say that i started watching did i talk about this last week that i started watching uh buzzfeed true crime 
You did touch on that, yeah. And that I was angry because it was, like, not correct. Oh, I don't um, know if you said that. Oh, yeah, I was very frustrated because I was, like, correcting things that they were saying the whole time. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's okay because I love them. Um, I also wanted to say I have a correction from last week. Very important, very important correction. Um, oh, yes, very important. We were talking about Montero, and I misheard <laughs> one of the lyrics, and I thought he said something about driving when really he said riding. Um, I'll let you guys confer what that the difference is in that and what I was saying. I'm not getting into it again, um, but please know <laughs> that I heard driving when he said riding. Um, and I realized that after I read the lyrics to you, um, but it didn't click in my head that I had misheard them until after the episode, and it's literally been eating me up inside. So. All right, you heard it. You heard it here, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, very important. Do you have any uh, updates? Yeah, I do have a Purvis pain update. Of unfortunately, it's not a lot to say, but um, so according to WMC Action News Five, which is out of Memphis, um, Purvis Payne's case is under review by Tennessee Governor Bill Lee. Um, there is no execution date set, but they're also, it's kind of in a limbo. It's not been officially extended either. Um, so keep supporting all those sources that we've been promoting, um, like the Innocence Project, PurvisPain.org, which is a link to his page on the Innocence Project, all the petitions on change, um, on Innocence Project website. So just keep doing that. Like, I think I I was really hoping, like, I, I thought that, like, on the 9th, we would have some sort of answer, but it's still kind of in limbo, which is better than it going the way we don't want it to go. So yeah, very true. Um, I also very wanted to point out that this article from WMC Action News, uh, the fucking DA is, like, quoted in this article saying... That nothing that Payne's attorneys presented um, has, like, proves his innocence. And I just want to say, when the fuck do we get to the point in this stupid-ass society where we have to prove innocence? Right. It's it's innocent until proven guilty. And I just don't understand why it has been that way for a long time. It's always guilty until proven innocent. But it's cra- it's just like seeing it written out in black and white like that. I'm like, why are we having why is he having to do this? Why is he having to prove innocence and not yeah. guilt? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know if it's because he's already been convicted and that's why they are calling it that way. You know what I mean? Like saying it that way. I guess, but nothing even in his conviction proved that he was guilty, he was guilty. either. Yeah, the whole thing is fucked. Yeah, it is. So that's it's that's my update. System. Well, I hope that next time we have a very good update for everybody about the situation. But... I really do, too. Yeah. Hmm. All right, well. You got a story for me? I have a story for you. <laughs> okay. So... It's another story with a bit of a DNA stretch. But here's the thing. (laughs) Chardonnay and DNA stretch. (laughs) Yeah, Chardonnay and just a hint of DNA. Um, The mention of the word DNA. Um, I read this story and I literally could not get it out of my fucking head because I had never heard it before. And it's just what this woman did is bonkers. Like, and I don't understand. Like, it's just nuts. And I started doing my research 
And then I found that a lot of, um, a lot of what the true crime world knows about this story is like, it's not correct. Um, they're like using a lot of like lies that were portrayed in the media and it's not actually what happened. Um, so I just want to tell you that everything I'm about to tell you is just claims. I'm not saying any of it's factual. Um, and it's just a little, a little crazy. Um, and I also got all of my information from the Italian Wikipedia page and had to translate it. Um, and from the Italian, uh, criminology museum nice, uh, and had to translate that as well because the American Wikipedia page had like maybe four paragraphs about her, but then you go to the Italian one and there's like lots of information. Oh, a spicy meatball. Yes. Um, also my Italian ancestors will be rolling in their graves as I mispronounce all of these fucking names. So, um, I'm gonna do my best, but we'll get there. Rolling around like spicy meatballs. Yes. All right. Um, All right. This is the story of Leonardo Cianciulli. Uh, I just want to say that she actually wrote a memoir entitled Confessions of an Embittered Soul. And there's... (laughs) I know. I know. That's a great title. (laughs) I thought it was fantastic. Um, there's lots of doubts about whether or not she actually wrote it or if it was the work of the lawyers who were defending her while she was on trial, uh, because it's over 700 pages and Chancholi had only gone to school until the third grade. So many doubted that she would actually be capable of writing such an in-depth memoir. Um, I have no feelings one way or the other. I'm just presenting the facts and what was said. So. Leonardo was born in Montella to a cattle breeder named Mariano Cianciulli and Serafina Marano, who was a widow with two other children. Leonardo was the youngest of six children, born on April 14th, 1894. She was a sickly child. Oh, that's today. No. Oh, it's today. 1894. I thought I said 1994, but 1894. I'm sorry. It is today. So happy birthday to this serial killer. Um... <laughs> So some sources say her mother was only 14 years old and was forced to marry Salvatore Dinolfi, who had kidnapped and raped her on a carriage ride back from Florence, where she had visited the College of Nuns. The story goes that Leonardo was the child born from that assault, which some people insist is true. But if you look at the facts, that's not the case because she's the youngest daughter, not the firstborn daughter. So the story doesn't really line up. She was... uh, Mariano Cianciulli's daughter, not okay. Salvatore Dinolfi's. Um, she, as a child, she was really sickly. She suffered from epilepsy, and many sources say she had an unhappy childhood, including what she wrote in her memoirs. She writes about several suicide attempts as a child, and that her mother wished that she would die because she was a burden on the family. Oh, shit. Um, the suicide attempts reportedly actually happened in 1941 while she was being held for trial. Uh, so again, no idea if this is true or not. Um, if she did have suicide attempts as a child, you know, that sort of thing. Um, It sounds like she probably did have like a rough growing up though. Oh, for sure. I, I don't doubt that at all. And I don't doubt that she had tried to commit to, to, you know, complete suicide from other 
waste. She does mention that she swallowed shards of glass. And then something else uh, that when you translate it comes up to bits of his torso. And I was like, that's not right. And I don't know what the fuck that is, that she swallowed it and hoped that it would kill her. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, so she and her mother had a really tumultuous relationship, as evidenced by her, you know, at one point saying that she wished she would have died um, when she tried to kill herself. Mm-hmm. At the age of 23, she married Raphael Pensardi. Um, the translation was really weird right here because it said something about she was also set to marry a cousin, which wasn't unusual then. But I don't think that Pansardi was her cousin. I think it okay. was just like one of her suitors, you know what I mean? God damn, back then, just ever everyone marrying yeah. their fucking cousins, man. Right. It's fucking weird. <laughs> Ew. Wait, I got I got to tell you this. Um one time Lauren and I we were like driving, we were on like a long drive visiting or coming back from a visit with someone and we were looking up <laughs> all the state laws uh, on like what um what degree of cousin you can legally marry. Mm-hmm. And like there are, th- it's not just a yes or no answer. Like <laughs> there are some that are like you can marry your first cousin, but you just can't reproduce with them. <laughs> oh my god! Like it's crazy. Like it, it is so wild. Every state has like a different like condition. Some is just like a flat out like nah, man, you can't do that. <laughs> so there's a story. And they made a movie out of it, and Saoirse Ronan's in it, and I can't fuck... It's Saoirse Ronan and George McKay, and I can't remember what it is, and I love both of them. But essentially, it's like, there's a giant war, and he's her cousin, and, like, they fall in love, and, like, it's really fucking weird. And I was disturbed by it and started looking it up, and apparently the author was like, no, that's pretty normal here. And it was, Mm -hmm. like, overseas in, like, England, and I was like you mean to tell me that people date their cousins? Like, that's a normal thing. Like I would throw up, like, I want to throw up in my mouth thinking about that. Well, I, I think I also just um, heard that uh, the, the queen and Prince Philip who just recently died were, um, were, were distant, not, not terribly distant. I mean like third cousins or something. Yeah. I just, I mean, but in this book, it was like her first cousin. Yeah, that's... and like the the author was like, no, that's pretty normal, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, like that, I don't think it's as uh, strange back th- for back then. Um, it's fucking weird to me. But it's called How I Live Now. Okay, it's a good wow. movie. It was really good, but like, I was like, what the actual fuck is happening, and why? Why the fuck is that normal? They had um, that means they shared the same grandparents oh god that's so crazy i mean family occasions would be pretty small at least but (laughs) your family tree would look like a stick (laughs) yeah that's rough like it just wouldn't just wouldn't branch (laughs) yeah no nope um okay so on the (laughs) eve of her wedding leonardo wrote that her mother cursed her which caused her to sever her relationship with her and had a very large impact on her personality and future crimes her mother had pronounced a dying curse against her that wished her a life full of suffering. On top of that, years before, she had visited a fortune teller who had told her that she would marry and have children, but that all of her children would die. Eesh. Unfortunately, the prediction seemed to be coming true. She had three pregnancies that ended in a miscarriage. 
And 10 of the babies she actually had died very young as infants. She said in the crib, but 10 of her babies died. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. So like these are those cases where it, none of this excuses anything that she does because i'm guessing she does some really fucked up shit um but like you could see how a plus b equals c i mean you're gonna see for sure in this why she did what she did it's not okay it doesn't excuse it at all but it's literally the reason she did what she did but you can kind of you can just see like the trajectory like yes of why it happened yeah okay yeah um so obviously she's distraught because this curse and she can't have children. So she went to the local witch for help. As you and do. As you do. Who doesn't do that? That's, you know. And she was finally able to have four children with her help. Wow. These children became Leonardo's life. She would do anything she could to protect them. In her memoir, she wrote, I could not bear the loss of another child. Almost every night I dreamed of the small white coffins swallowed one after the other by the black earth for this i studied magic i read the books that talk about palmistry astronomy conjurations hexes spiritism i wanted to learn everything about spells or to be able to neutralize them Hmm. so um her kids were her life and she just you know she turned to magic and she was able to have children in 1930, an earthquake caused the family to move to Correggio, where they lived on the third floor of a house. Leonarda had a bit of a reputation in her previous village, which kind of followed her to her new one, but not fully. Uh, she had convictions of theft in 1912 at the age of 18. Uh, in 1919, she was convicted of tre- uh, threatening someone with a dagger And in 1927, she was convicted of fraud when she had tricked a local peasant woman out of several thousand, uh, whatever their equivalent of dollars is, and some valuables. Uh, She was seen as a woman of easy virtue, dishonored, impulsive, rebellious against authority. I love woman of easy virtue as like, instead of saying like, slut or something. Right. (laughs) And I don't understand how she got that because she stayed married to uh her husband until he dipped the fuck out okay i was gonna ask that like so all these children were with him yeah they stayed married okay yep um her husband was like an official and he worked in some kind of registry office but he didn't bring home a lot of money and he apparently loved wine a whole hell of a lot which caused him some struggle i feel you yeah but when it gets to the point where you can't take care of your kids there's an issue (laughs) you know what (laughs) i mean i can't i can't argue with that sure yeah um so leonardo set out to bring in more money to support the family the victims of the earthquake were given money to help recover and she opened a small but thriving store that sold clothes furniture and she also offered palmistry and astrology readings get it girl right she's getting that bag she's gotta do what she's gotta do so While her bad reputation had kind of followed her, with the opening of her store and services, it seemed to completely reverse. She Hmm. was well-liked and respected. She was considered a great mother, and she was a passionate fascist. Oh. oh. (laughs) But at the time, this was in the 20s, so like that, the 20s in Italy. (laughs) So 
I guess that's a good thing. I don't. I don't know. I'm just I mean, reporting. It's yeah. It's yeah. it's. She was she was with the times. Like I suppose. Right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> She also loved to cook sweets and entertain people with stories when they visited. She'd send them home with little, you know, biscuits and cookies and cakes. Um, She often had three women that visited because they were eager to start a new life away from the country where they lived. Uh, So she had developed friendships with these three women. In 1939, the outbreak of the Second World War caused her husband to abandon her. Uh, And her only... I don't know. I didn't get into that. I don't know if he got called away to the military or if he was like, deuces, I'm getting the fuck out before I get called to the military oh, or what okay. was going on. I was, yeah, I was just wondering, like, why was that the cause of him leaving? Yeah, I'm not really sure. That's my speculation, but it didn't really go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this was a translation. So, like, I don't know if it's accurate. Um, her only daughter and youngest child was still in, like, nursery school. Uh, one of her sons was in high school. The other was some like kind of enlisted in the military. And then the eldest son, which was her favorite son, was her, oh, and her damn. favorite child in general. Oh, shit, um, bitch, don't say that shit. <laughs> I know, I know. And I don't know if it's because it was like her first child that survived. So she has mm-hmm. like that attachment. But either way, it's not cool. No, um, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was enrolled in the University of Milan for literature, but risked being called to the front lines of war because of his age. Mm-hmm. Um, she was absolutely terrified for his safety. And she remembered the curse that her mother put on her and, you know, the fortune teller's prediction for her. Um, and she remembered the magic that she had done before to break that curse. So she turned to that magic again and decided that she would commit human sacrifices in exchange for the life of her children. Um, maybe not. Maybe not. But, uh, later in court, she would actually say that her mother appeared to her in a dream and told her that she had to do this. And I go into that a little bit later as well. Okay. Um, yeah. Between 1939 and 1940, the three women that had visited her before became her victims. She had made sure to pick three single women with no next of kin and a good bit of money and savings. Rumors of their disappearances began to spread, but surely no one would believe that such a well-respected woman could commit these crimes. She was also only five foot tall and not in like the greatest of shape is what they like her reasoning. She was like, Mm -hmm. they're not going to suspect me. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no way she could dismember a corpse. (laughs) So, Yeah. Um, she's like fuck around find out yeah pretty much pretty much (laughs) so she was accused because she had a relationship with the three women and she rejected the accusations and actually threatened to report them for slander eventually a friend of leonardo used a voucher that had been given to him as payment for a debt and he used it to donate it to the church and i guess it's it was called like a treasury bill it belonged to one of the victims, which just kind of proved that, like, she straight up killed him. You mm-hmm. know? Um, the priest, her friend, Elardo Spinabelli is his name, and her own son, Giuseppe Pensardi, were accused of criminal association. Giuseppe had sent several letters pretending to be one of her victims, ensuring that she was alive and well under the orders of his mother. Mm. Uh, the first of the victims was... Ermelinda Faustina Setti, who was a 70-year-old woman and a hopeless romantic. 
She claimed that she had found a husband. Well, Leonardo claimed that she had found a husband for her and instructed her to come to her house on December 17th, 1939, so that she could give her instructions on how to go and, you know, be with her, her new husband and everything. Um, when she arrived, she killed her with several blows of an axe and then took her body to a closet, dissected her body into nine parts, collected her blood in a basin. Uh, she threw the body parts into a pot, added caustic soda, which she used to make soap and stirred until the body dissolved into a dark, sticky pulp, which she then (sighs) emptied into a cesspool nearby. Mm -hmm. Uh. It gets worse. Okay. She waited for the blood to coagulate, dried it in the oven, ground it up, and mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, (gasps) eggs, and margarine, and made a bunch of crunchy pastries. Bitch, no, you did not. (laughs) And served them to the people who came to visit her. Oh, my God. She also stated, I know, she also stated that she and her son Giuseppe ate them, too. Oh. Bro, yeah. uh-huh. Uh-huh. that's disgusting. That's so. Mm, <laughs> oh, it just it gets it gets good. Uh, Francesca Clentina Soavi was the second victim, a kindergarten teacher who Leonardo promised a job at a girls' boarding school. On September fifth, nineteen forty, she fell victim to Leonardo's plot. Leonardo asked that Francesca come to her home, but not to tell anyone of her move because she wanted to be sure that she got the job before she told anyone and embarrassed herself. She had her write postcards to a family member to apologize for her absence and explain that she was awaiting a job opportunity. She killed her, stole her money, and sold all of her things. Her son Giuseppe sent the letters. Uh, Francesca actually did tell someone where she was going, but he didn't come forward until well after the story was forgotten. I guess because at the time there were hundreds of deaths from the war every day and he didn't think that like he needed to explain the uh, disappearance of a single woman, which was mm-hmm. um, Well, but, you know, I mean, I can different kind of times. S- yeah, I can kind of see I can kind of see why he would maybe think that, but Yeah. yeah. Um, Virginia I'm gonna fuck this up. Cash, shop. Mm-hmm. Yep, Cassiopo. Net nailed. Sure. It. Yeah, it's great. My my ancestors are rolling in their graves. They're just like they're just shouting through the like the, <laughs> yeah. the veil, the veil yeah. between worlds. They're like oh. fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm gonna get haunted so hard tonight. Um, was the third victim. She was 59 years old and was an ex soprano singer. She was very successful and had a re- had like relative fame for her voice. Um, Leonardo lured her in with an offer as a secretary at a theater and a possible engagement. She told her not to tell anyone about the job or engagement, but of course she did and confided in a friend the morning of her departure. On November 30th, 1940, she ended up in the pot like the others. Uh. Uh, according to the memoirs, <laughs> this is so gross. Uh, her flesh was fat and white. When it dissolved, I added a bottle of cologne, and after a long boil, creamy bars of soap came out. I gave them as a tribute to neighbors and acquaintances. Even the desserts were better. That woman was really sweet. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. 
So she got the nickname of like being like the soap maker, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, rightfully so. Um, when they searched her home, they found blood and dentures belonging to the victims. She eventually confessed to killing the women, destroying the bodies by boiling them in a pot full of caustic soda brought to 300 degrees, created soaps with rock alum and Greek pitch, dispersed the remains in the cesspool and stored the blood to make it take root in the oven and mixed it with milk and chocolate to make biscuits. These were given, these were given to the children to eat and she believed that it would save them from a mysterious death. That is so gross. So it went to like her kids, the neighbors, she gave the neighbors soap, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Um, the prosecution actually tried to paint the picture that she was out for the money, but she continued to justify her murders as a blood tribute because her mother continued to appear, appear in her dreams, threatening to take her children away if she didn't shed fresh, innocent blood. There is a story that she was secretly taken to the morgue during the trial to prove that she had acted alone and that she was able to dismember a corpse in 12 minutes. Damn. That's quick. Yeah, dis- mm. that's really sad because like she was obviously like so traumatized by her mother and she's like saying that her mother is the one that's coming to her in these like visions. I, I know you said she's so traumatized. I was like, you said she's so traumatized by her mother, and I was like, aren't we all? <laughs> but, um, Who among but, yeah. us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please, please tell me. Um, and, and it makes me wonder about like you know mental illness things like that. Like there's just there's something not adding up here. <laughs> oh no, I think I think she's um, and I say this with all due respect. I think she's batshit. I mean, yeah, I think she had a horrible. She probably had a very traumatic um, bringing up and right. As I said, it does not um, it does not like mean it's okay but you can just see how it right ended up here you can definitely see how it lines up yeah um chanchuli was therefore found guilty of triple murder destruction of a corpse by saponification Hmm. don't know what the fuck that means let's google it because i need to fucking know it probably means to make soap Oh, fuck, it does! Does it actually? <laughs> yes, the Ponify, uh turn fat or oil into soap by oh. reaction. Oh, I wasn't wrong. Oh, <laughs> I was damn. really just fucking around. Nope, that's uh, what it was. So, destruction of a corpse by making soap. <laughs> she saponified the fuck out of them. Oh my god. New words. Word of the day, saponify. Um, and aggravated theft with a penalty of 15,000 lire, which I guess is the money back then, mm-hmm. uh, and 30 years of imprisonment. And the first three were supposed to be served in a criminal uh, psychiatric hospital. Mm-hmm. She actually never left the <clears throat> psychiatric hospital. Yeah, uh, that's probably for the best. Yeah. Uh, she spent 24 years there. And a prison nun remembered that she prepared very tasty sweets. But... <laughs> No prisoner ever dared to eat them for fear that they were magic. So she died in October of 1970 at the age of 77. And here is my tiny DNA snippet. Okay. It's a bit of a stretch, but I'm going to come back. Okay. 
In 2012, authorities in Quebec received word of a Montreal curio shop selling swastika-stamped bars of soap and claiming that it was made with the bodies of Holocaust victims. <gasps> Rightfully so, the claim caused an uproar among Montreal's Jewish community and, you know, anyone with a fucking heart. And, like, yeah, it should just be the general population. Yeah. Was pretty outraged. Right. Uh, the shopkeeper himself was Jewish. And he said that he obtained the soap from a soldier who served in the war and claimed that it was rendered from the remains of Jewish prisoners held in concentration camps. Montreal police confiscated the soap and sent it to a lab in Ontario for testing. The results concluded that the soap had no human remains and no animal remains either. I know it's highly unlikely, but what if there is still a bit of soap that Leonardo prepared out there? And I'm just wondering if they'd be able to test the soap for human DNA to confirm if her stories are actually true that she turned them into soap um, or if it's just like part of like the media portraying her, you know, as like this monster. And yeah, I, I am really curious, like, like, yeah, how how did they how did they know? They're just going off of her confession. And she was, she was crackers, as they say. Yeah. Uh, I don't, and truly, we don't even know if that, like, she confessed to doing that, I guess, verbally, but she also supposedly wrote those memoirs that they think she really didn't write. Hmm. That it was just her, like, defend, like, her defense team trying to portray her as crackers, essentially, so that she wouldn't go to prison. Hmm, that's so like that's very interesting. Yeah, so I I was like, can you DNA test soap? And I started googling, and that's how I found the Montreal story. I'm sure and you I was can. like, yeah. And I, I mean, it's it's fat of some type, mo- a lot of soaps, you know, um, animal fat or whatever. So I was just curious, and then I found that story, and I was like, holy shit, you can. So like, really, what if there is a piece of soap out there, maybe in that criminology museum or something that she supposedly made and gave to a neighbor and you could test it for the dna and see if it's real i just kind of doubt like i don't know it just seems like would soap like really last that long i mean it probably could it's not like why would it break down if it wasn't like exposed to a bunch of water or anything like yeah i mean i know like when we when I cleaned out, like, stuff of my grandma's, there was, like, definitely, like, little 50-year-old little decorative bars of soap in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Wait, your, your Italian grandma? Yeah, yeah. You should, like, you in, should in DNA house. test of that shit. Maybe she I got know. one. It might have been Leonardo's. <laughs> I might have had it. Damn. You never, know. you never fucking know. Leonardo was, um... yeah. She was a bad bitch, not really in the good way. No, I mean, she would do anything for her family, literally. Oh my god. I mean, I can admire that part about her wanting to protect her children. At least she didn't turn her kids into soap, but like... <laughs> that's that's kind of where I thought this was going to be going. No, no, she was like a very good mom. Uh, yeah. But you know, the sad thing is, I guess I read that she died alone and like oh. was buried in a pauper's grave, essentially. No one ever claimed her body, so like obviously her kids didn't didn't realize like don't get me wrong i am not (laughs) i am not suggesting that what she did is okay i am truly not um and who knows it's sad she was clearly very like she was clearly very traumatized and right 
like sounds like her upbringing was probably very rough and then um, her children you know I, I don't know it just sounds yeah. just like oh yeah no it sounds like her life was probably shitty uh yeah but that's yeah that's but bro you don't you don't, don't make people soap no don't make people cookies and soap yeah, it just doesn't... That's not how we handle things. <laughs> no, and I, I don't know if the kids knew that they were eating human. Ugh. I don't... You know, so maybe that's why they never went and got her, because that's traumatizing as fuck. But oh, like, hell yeah. So well, I don't mean to... I don't I mean, mean to minimize their trauma here either, but I was just like, ugh. You know? I mean, I'm sure that if they didn't know at first, they probably knew... Yeah. Once the, like, once all this trial and shit was happening. Yeah, yeah. So... That's why I had to do this story, because whenever I found it, I was like, no, there is no way uh, that she made people into soap, but she did. That's, that's a wild story. I'm very, I'm very glad that you chose that one. It's definitely different. We haven't done a good serial killer in a while. No, and especially um, not one who takes that method. Her Italian name was Lissapur. Saponificatrice di Correggio, so the soap maker of Correggio. Ooh! Creepy! I love, you know, we always give serial killers, like, these badass names and hers, yeah, like, no, the she soap was, maker. That's, yeah, that sounds very, like, um, non, non-threatening. And it's like, oh no, it was, it was very threatening. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I feel threatened. <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't want to be soap. That was good. <sighs> Thanks. I thought it was interesting. So yeah. Um do you have anything for Pad Room? Um I just want to say have you watched Handmaid's Tale? I am very far behind. I'm like two seasons behind. Okay, well it's coming back on uh like 2 weeks from today on April 28th, I believe, and I'm very excited and I'm rewatching the I'm rewatching season 3 in preparation for season 4 and I'm just peeing my pants i'm so excited nice yes that's really good it's Um, good that i'm peeing my pants thank you yeah i'm glad i'm glad something makes you want to pee your pants (laughs) i am too (laughs) um i have you seen everything's gonna be okay no i have not it's a very cute show and i really really like it okay um the second season just came out well it started It, it releases like one episode at a time um, What's it on? It's on Hulu and on Freeform. Hulu. Okay. Um, I just really like it. It's it's different, and I don't know. I think you'd like it. It's like a family kind of TV show, but in a different kind of way. So okay, that's good to know because I well I finished um Grace and Frankie. Yeah. Oh, uh, that show made it into my top five. Yeah, that's a great show. Yeah, it's not there for me, but I really do like it. Oh man, I I like it a lot. Yeah, I my top five is really hard to get into. Like it's Golden Girls and Shit's Creek right now. Oh yeah, mine's probably um, Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, um, Parks and Rec is in there too. But I was like thinking, you know, my oh, my like, new additions. Well, oh, okay. Golden Girls isn't new. Shit's Creek is. I was thinking. I was legit thinking. Like, what's my top five? It's P- Parks and Rec, um, Shit's Creek. New Girl, Grace and Frankie, 
And fuck, I forget the last one. I mean, I Golden Girls is up there. I don't know if Go- Golden Girls is top five, but I love Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah. I I think mine is it's Golden Girls, Schitt's Creek, Parks and Rec. Hmm. What are my other ones that I always put on? Like my feel good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the ones yeah. I have to put on, like when I'm having a bad. Yep. A bad time. Um. I love Supernatural. Okay. At the beginning. I don't like the end seasons. I've still not watched the end seasons because it started to get really fucking stupid and I got annoyed. Did it get shitty? Yeah, yes. I hate that. Um, and also Z Nation. I really love Z Nation too, but I don't know if I'd consider either of them my top in my top five. It's an important distinction. It is. It really is. It's like a, it's an award that I don't know if I want to get it. You, you don't have to. You can keep that close to your heart for as long yeah. as you want. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so check out that show. I think you'd like it. Um, okay. Yeah, I think you'd like it a lot. I can't think of anything else. I think that's it. <sighs> okay. Well. Oh, I got it. I'm going to get more on my tattoo this weekend. Oh, yes. What? So more colors and shading? Yes. Yep, more colors and shading. So I might have the horse done this weekend, which would be really cool. Ooh. It'll be green, and I'm very excited. So, more updates on that as it happens. Cool. Oh, I can't but, wait to see it. I know. I'm very is this, and this will not be the f- last God, session? I wish. I wish, okay. but no. Um, I have probably at least two sessions. So, where I'm getting this money, I'll never know. <laughs> but it's going to come from somewhere. But it's going to come from somewhere. Um, if you see my ass on the corner, mind your business. <laughs> don't ask questions don't ask questions pay me if you want that's all we need and don't narc yeah no one likes a narc no one likes a narc um all right you want to do the socials sure we are on instagram at chardonnay i was i always fuck this up chardonnay and dna correct yes yes. okay i get the i get the instagram and the twitter confused at chardonnay and dna the Twitter is irrelevant as fuck, but it's at Chardonnay DNA, Facebook Chardonnay and Sign DNA. Um, we have a face, or I'm sorry, we have a website Chardonnay and DNA dot com. Gmail is Chardonnay and DNA at Gmail dot com. Please send us some stories. Although I do have, I do have um, some suggestions that I'm excited about, but keep those coming. And donate to our Patreon so that Rachel and I don't have to sell our asses, at least for this podcast. Yes. Yes. Um, I think that's it. Is that it? Oh, oh, the most important of them all. Our lovely audio editor, Terry. Oh, yes. Has started a podcast. Oh, yes. Uh, I believe it's called The Lobby Boys. I just want to make sure that I'm not fucking that up. But I believe it's called The Lobby Boys. Oh, where is it? Come on. Come on. Um, and we are obviously going to support this podcast. Full steam ahead. Um, it is not out yet, but it is coming soon. So be on the lookout for it. It's just called Lobby Boys. Um, we, we can, uh, we should put out the episode like as a bonus or something like the first episode so everybody can check it out yeah um 
but support Terry because Terry deserves it. Yes. So, okay, that's all. Die, cry, hate. Wow, that threw me off. Oh, what? I was like, what the fuck? It's and then our, I was like, oh, that's right. That's our thing. It's our version of of eat, pray, love. Just kidding. Uh, live, laugh, love. I like the version of eat, pray, love. <laughs> eat, pray, love. <laughs> <laughs> D- drink eat, summon what would eat pray love be starve uh summon. starve sacrifice um and hate, hate. i suppose yeah. starve sacrifice hate yeah shit so, that's a mouthful we'll work on that it. is it's it's not it doesn't flow well but we'll get there it does all right, <laughs> all bye. right. bye bye